Welcome to Going Back, a rewatch podcast about the television show Lost, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Hydar. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to Going Back, a Lost Rewatch podcast. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Olivia Hydar. We, I guess I should say, should I say, should I say my full name? I've never done that. Olivia Alexandra Reed Hydar. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Adam Todd Brown. Just, there we go. I only, I only have the, I only have the three. I, yeah, I, I have four. I have four names. It was an extravagance that I allowed myself when I <laughs> changed my name. I, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have four. And then my initials spell or. O-A-R. Oh, nice. Like the, <laughs> yeah. like the jam band. Like the jam band. <laughs> actually occurred to me as I was, <laughs> trust me, when you're trans, okay, look, I don't get into it much on podcasts, <laughs> but when you're trans and you're doing all this life stuff, it really makes you think about all of those little things regarding names that you don't really think about when you're just born with shit (laughs) anyway so (laughs) so like we always do about this time we are covering a couple episodes of lost the moth and confidence man hell yeah a charlie flashback episode and a sawyer flashback episode respectively This is, I'm loving, this is where I'm really, like, as much as I love getting more Jack and Kate and Locke stuff, I love these characters. I love Charlie and Sawyer as characters. Yeah. Charlie's especially interesting. Did we even talk about him looking for his guitar on the last Yeah, I was wondering, so that was in the, so that happened in, you know, a little peek behind the curtain for uh, for people listening to the show. We we watch like four of these episodes in a row, so they do kind of blend together yes. a little bit when that happens. Yeah, I think the guitar thing does happen because yep. there's that whole Jack, Jack and Lock, not Jack and Lock, Lock and Charlie subplot. What? Yeah, I'm actually looking at the notes now, and we just completely glossed over it. But yeah, huh. last episode there's a moment where Charlie and Locke, it happens when Locke does his whole review of the drive shaft repertoire. Right. Yes. And that's him and Charlie kind of getting to know each other. And Locke catches on to the fact that Charlie is using drugs. Right. And Charlie cannot find his guitar and Locke is trying to get Charlie off drugs. And he makes right. this deal with him where how does Locke get Charlie's drugs? Now I don't remember that part because I, I watched don't know these how episodes he... a few days ago. I don't know how he gets them. I can't remember that. But I do know that he does a fake out where he like tricks him with the guitar and then he like does a cute thing where he points up and the guitar is yeah. hanging perfectly intact. And it's a very sweet – I mean Dominic Monaghan just has the sweetest smile like yeah. he he is just such a little sweetheart, even when he's a little druggy freak. <laughs> like he's such a sweetie. And I think the way it goes is Locke is talking to Charlie about his guitar, and he says, "Well, maybe you know you'll find your guitar." And that's when he says, "This island just might give you what you're looking for, but you have to give the island something." Right? Yes. Yeah. And I think that's when Charlie hands over his drugs, and Locke points up and goes, "There's right. your." There's your silly guitar. Right. 
And then next episode, Charlie's like, okay, okay, backsies. I, I, I want to, I need those back. Please, please, please. Yes. <laughs> because it opens with Charlie trying to play that guitar. Yeah. And he's just way too strung out on heroin to do it. Well, and this is, I think he's, it's like he's starting to get withdrawal is like yes. the thing. It's fucking him up hard. There's a flashback scene involving Charlie doing confession. And yeah. The Catholic yes. Church. Yes. Yeah. It's very fun. It's just about yeah. him having a whole bunch of illicit sex with multiple people going He's into got, yeah. graphic so detail. I had relations. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. And like, he's wearing the goofiest little suit in that yeah. flashback, too. It's so weird looking. We find out it's at a point where his band, Driveshaft, was sort of starting to take off, but not. Right. They weren't huge yet. They weren't signed. Right. Because he comes out of that confessional deciding he needs to quit the band because he's boning too much. Right. And then, uh-oh, his brother's out there, and he's got his, this contract, and it's like, we got signed. Right. His brother, Liam. Liam. <laughs> yes. Again, this is the beginning of the very subtle Oasis subplot of this show. Yeah. And it's not exactly an Oasis subplot, but it's yeah. fine. It, it's sort of. Sort it's of. close enough for network television, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I you mean, know, the like... The unruly brother is named Liam. That's good enough. Right. The unruly brother is named Liam. They're brothers in a rock band. Yeah. He like does the thing where he like holds his arms behind his back when he's yes. singing in the concert footage. Yeah. I fucking love Oasis so much. Oasis is great. Oasis is a better band than Drive Shaft. Oh, Con sig Controversial opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a great scene where Locke uses Charlie as bait to catch yes. a wild boar. Yeah. Which – Kind of rude to not tell Charlie that's what was happening, but then would Charlie have helped if he knew that was right? That's what the was thing. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to chase someone with a boar. God, Locke is I. I just fucking love Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. Every time he's in a thing, I'm just so happy. Every time, and this is just his perfect showcase, and he's really getting to stretch his legs. I love him so much, and his dynamic with Charlie is very fun. Yeah. Because he's kind, he kind of takes on a paternal mode with him. Yeah, he's clearly trying to help Charlie, yeah. or at least it seems he is in right. these early episodes. And yeah, after the scene with the boar, they now have swine to eat, so that's good. But, yes. But Charlie kind of glares at Locke and demands his drugs back. Right. And then it does the whole lost. <sighs> and then comes back in Locke. Oh, wait, no, it's not boom. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Lost. And then it comes back and Locke explains to Charlie that he's going to let him ask for his drugs three times. And then right. the third time, he's going to give them back. It's cute. It's a cute storytelling device. But it's also fun. Like, Locke is such a dramatic little bitch. Like, yeah. he just, he loves... To give people little moral puzzles and shit like that. He just thinks of himself as a little guru. And in a very lock move, he delivers that dramatic line to Charlie and then immediately grabs that boar and slits its throat. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's still hanging from that. It's uh, hanging in that net, but not moving. And I was like, oh, did he already kill it? No. And then, nope. He just 
cuts its throat. That is good. It, it's good. Anytime Locke dramatically does a hunter-y thing is fun. So Jack and Kate bicker about the pros and cons of living in the cave versus- Jack and Kate bicker? Imagine. <laughs> Jack's kind of an asshole to Kate. Am I, am I right yeah. in that? He's Every, like, this is the whole, yeah, this is the whole thing on the, on the first season. And it's kind of a miracle that this show works at all and, like, becomes so great because- Everyone is kind of an asshole to everyone, at yeah. least at, in some scenes in these early episodes. It's the whole love triangle thing, the will they, won't they thing. So Jack is convinced that that signal that right. everyone heard is proof that they're never going to be rescued because she was never going to be rescued. And that seems to be kind of a not consensus opinion on the island, but a lot of people think that. Yeah. I mentioned that Finding Lost book. The right. It's called Finding Lost, The Unofficial Guide by Nikki Stafford. I she, had to have read this when it came out. She did one for each season, but this one came <laughs> yes. out in 2006, so like the show yeah, wasn't I, even done. So it's I really interesting you, in that way, too. 1,000% I own that book then. If it yeah. came out in 2006, that is my prime lost shit buying time. It's a really interesting book that doesn't give the episodes away. It's just no. it's like it's what it claims to be. It's an episode guide. Yeah. And she brings up an interesting point about that signal in that everyone's assuming it means this woman was never rescued. She might have just been rescued in a way that didn't allow for her to go back and turn that signal off. It no, that's been, true. It could have been like, holy shit, there's a fishing boat. Right. <laughs> Fucking swim out there and get on that boat. I mean, that's true. I do think it's obviously setting up the fact that the woman, they want the woman to appear on the aisle, like on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because again, that happens in the next episode after these two that we cover. Right. They also bring up that when they're listening to the transmission, they say the woman is saying the same thing each time. And that's what Saeed uses to calculate how long it's been playing. Right. And in the book, she points out that the message actually says four different things. This is the, this is an actual quote. Despite what Saeed and Shannon say, her message is not actually the same each time. If you listen closely, you'll hear her saying something either slightly different or completely different each time, making it four different messages. If in fact there are four messages and it's not simply a production oversight and they play one after the other rather than the same one, then it means the amount of time she's been there should be divided by four, which would indicate she's been there for four years, not 16. Is this sure. the case or is it a production error? It, it, it's a, a production error. error. It seems it's absolutely. Yeah. This show really lent itself to people overthinking things. It really did. Like it's the, it's not the necessarily the birth of that, but it's like the crystallization yeah. of that sort of fandom. Because, yeah, that's absolutely a production error as the show itself three seasons later or four, whenever Rousseau has her fucking flashback, which is like in the third or fourth season. Yeah. Like that shows that she was there in for over 16 years. So. Right. But again, this book was not written. No, totally. At I that know. point. But and it's also, just if like people are following along the series as we do this podcast. They don't know that yet. Well, OK. Thanks, Olivia. Yeah, look, we told you guys up front that we're just, we can't help it. We've, we've seen the show. So, but this is the thing, like, that's just so the weird mindset of the people who were 
obsessed with the show, myself included in many ways. I definitely overthought a bunch of shit regarding the show when I was watching it. But, like, I didn't publish a book about it. I just had a proto <laughs> podcast about it. But that's a real window into how people were digesting the show, which is interesting because that's way overthinking it to the point where you're it's people forgetting the fact that first and foremost, more than anything, this is a goddamn – and this episode is so case in point – the show is a goddamn soap opera. Yeah. It is yeah. just about character drama with a bunch of weird shit sprinkled throughout. Similar to like Twin Peaks or X-Files. Yeah. Well, X-Files was Monster of the Week. But like Twin Peaks was a, a, ver- a huge inspiration on this show. And if you watch Twin Peaks, that is very directly a soap opera, almost a soap opera parody. This is one of those things where it's like, well, what does it really matter? If it's right. been four years or 16 years, that's alarming either way. Exactly. I mean, yeah, 100%. But also, like, there's no – like, they only ever say – it's it's just the type of fan theorying that kind of annoys me. It's yeah. kind of why I'm kind of hooked on it because that kind of fan theorying kind of annoys me because I was so into fan theories and shit. It's like looking in a mirror. Us. It is. It kind <laughs> of is. And it's like, you know, shit, you're kind of – taking away from the magic of the show when you get way hung up on something that the show over and over again, even before we get concrete proof reinforces it's been going for 16 years. Yeah. In this episode, Saeed is trying to use the transceiver to find the source of that French woman's distress signal. Oh yeah. He has the, there's the fun triangulation scene. Yeah. Where, they found fireworks in the wreckage, which I refuse to believe someone was able to smuggle fireworks in a post 9-11 world, but it's fine. That's a very minor in the pack there. Can you not put – I guess you can't fly with – Well, they're mostly things. illegal in Australia for one thing. Oh, shit. Oh, I never even considered that as, yeah. a, as a thing. I did not know that. Yeah, you'd maybe be trying to fly them in, but flying them out would be – Yeah, that's interesting. But either way, they find some fireworks and they're going to try and triangulate this signal by means that Saeed explains in the episode. Right. I mean, look, I think that's how triangulation works. I don't know what the devices are because they only have one transponder. So I don't know what these triangulation. But they're all turning something on. There's three of them. That's the part. The triangulation aspect, I understand. It's what the things are that they're yeah. using that, that that's kind of gobbledygook yeah you're just gonna want to watch the episode people at home <laughs> yeah to get the everybody details. should be watching these episodes i mean like look you can listen if you don't watch it anyway but like it's it's a good show yeah what are you doing <laughs> what are you doing unless you've just you seen it so many times that you don't yeah. need to watch it again which is fair i mean i'm i'm almost there so the Charlie flashbacks, those amount to yes. his Oasis storyline, even though the storyline isn't that similar to Oasis. Just No, but it's a fun little. Yeah. And is, this one especially, I think they get a little bit more into the Oasis stuff in future flashbacks. They, they do hit on a thing that happened pretty early in Oasis's history where Liam Gallagher would just like show up completely drunk out of his <laughs> mind and like, would, like, let the show go on, but would just, like, stand back and heckle yes. 
Oasis on MTV Unplugged is the most famous example of that, where Liam Gallagher shows up so drunk and hungover that he's like, I, my throat is shredded. I can't perform. And Noel has to play the show by himself. But Liam is sitting in the balcony, chain smoking and just screaming at the band the entire night. I don't know how I've never seen this. Heckling the shit out of them. It is magic. It is That's one wild. of the most amazing rock moments ever. Because he's like, I can't sing my, my fucking throat, man. And then he's just up in the rafters like, like fuck you! <sighs> I like Oasis, but he <laughs> seemed like such a fucking pain in the ass to yeah. be around. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even imagine collaborating with that guy. Like, it had to be, the only person who could would be his brother. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> he's such a nightmare. And uh, and that's basically how it is in <laughs> Driveshaft. Yeah. Liam's a huge mess, and that, and that same thing that you just mentioned happens in one of these flashbacks where, like, they're supposed to be on stage, and Liam is fucked up on heroin. Now, in the show's defense, the way yes. they portray Charlie and Liam is kind of accurate to the Oasis story up to that point. You're talking to someone right. who did a podcast about Oasis. I am of course. A, a bit of a scholar. And <laughs> it wasn't until later albums where Liam started contributing songwriting and was a little more active in the band in that right. way. But up to this point in history, yes, it was kind of Noel doing all the songwriting and Liam just right. showing up to sing and get all the girls afterwards. <laughs> but it eventually changed. So back on the island, Charlie confronts Jack because he's feeling useless and dope sick. And when he says, I'm a bloody rock god. The actual god retaliates and drops a shit ton of rocks on Jack, which is funny. <laughs> and Jack gets trapped in a cave-in. Yeah, this is where the caves start to feel like, that's the part that makes the caves not seem like the best place to live. You know, as yes. much as I am on team caves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that sucks. I wouldn't want to get trapped in a cave-in. Yeah, I forgot I put in the notes how good of an idea are those caves seeming like now, smart guy. <sighs> But they do. You know, I still am with Jack. I think he's got the right idea. He is seeing that this is a long term show. This is going to be on for five or six seasons. And he knows if that's the case, you know, you're going to need some shelter. They do eventually work out this little plot point here because the concern would be, yeah, well, how do you know this isn't going to happen all the time? Like maybe this is just one of those caves that collapses all the time. But right. good news, Michael used to work in construction, and he checks out the case. Yes. And he's decided it's fine. Because you know how when you work in construction, you deal with caves a bunch? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I think the idea is that not only did he work in construction, but he's like an engineer. Yes. Or something. And so that makes sense, basically. Like, you, you would understand structural integrity, uh, but it is funny that his only explanation is like, I worked in construction. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and, okay, buddy. I mean, maybe if you, we need to use a jackhammer or something like. Yeah, but because of that, he leads up the rescue efforts. He's like, I worked eight years in construction. It's like, what? Did all your shit collapse? How do you know? How does that right. lend to what we're about to do right now? But Look, I was working in construction. I, I built the mammoth caves. So 
cut to Saeed and Sawyer walking through the jungle. And Saeed brings up the thing that has kind of gone unsaid up to this point, which is, hey, how come none of us got hurt? Like, not even a sc- – like, everyone's injuries are, like, from fights after they crash. Yeah. And he's like, what What happened? Why are we all okay? And right. They, and they're just like, eh. I don't know. It's never – that's never resolved either. Like, you know, again, minor spoilers for the rest of the series. It's never really resolved. And it just kind of seems like – I think the idea is like, well, you know, those are the people that you're going to follow on the TV show. <laughs> You know, like you're not going to follow some guy like you're not going to follow the marshal who got fucking impaled. Like that would be a bad show, you know, like these people who are like just limping around and shit. <laughs> but people do survive plane crashes. Oh, yeah, you know? for like, sure. Maybe Sully was maybe Greg Grunberg's playing Sully, uh, you know? Yeah, he just crash landed in the ocean. 155 souls. You all, everybody. <laughs> There's a flashback. There's a flashback about that song where uh, apparently Charlie was supposed to sing the chorus on that, but his brother sang it instead. And it's like Charlie, that song is all chorus. There's yeah, there's all you got, buddy. That's why it's a hit. One one line, and yeah, I know they they finally like officially released this song, but I went and listened to it, and it's a stretch to say they finally officially (laughs) released this song. It is a, it's a two, it's two and a half minutes of you all everybody acting like you're stupid people. I think it's a minute and a half. It's is it only very a brief. I know I had it was an early MP3 that I had, uh, and I definitely listened to you all every. I, it was on several mixed CDs of yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah, ABC had apparently put it up on their website at one point. Yes. There is a fun fact from the Finding Lost book. Damon Lindelof. Yes says he once saw a TV show where a drunk yeah. audience member got up and shouted, You all, everybody! <laughs> acting like you're stupid people wearing expensive clothes. And that's it. Those, yeah. are, those are the only lyrics to that, yep. that hit song. Yeah, that's a really funny thing where, like, before the pilot, apparently, they went up to Dominic Monaghan. He and J.J. Abrams went up to Dominic Monaghan and were like, Hey, do you want to write? charlie's one hit wonder you know this your song do you want to write it and so he wrote this like very lovely like apparently he wrote this very lovely song called like um oh it was called photos and plans it's this very in (laughs) 2000s indie rock sounding kind of title and they were like yeah this is good but i don't think this is what we're going for and so they're like what about that crazy Phil Donahue thing that we saw on the Phil Donahue show? <laughs> Let's use that instead. And it's so much better. It's so catchy. Like, it you really is. everybody. Yeah, and even like the acting like your stupid people <laughs> wearing expensive clothes. Like, it's like a good hook. I would listen. I did listen to that song. It's a good song. There's a reason it was such it a is. hit. It's a good song. It's catchy. Like, it's got a good hook in that You All Everybody line. And, like, and that's the only thing in it that's repeated over and over. Like, it makes sense as a one-hit wonder. Like, it's totally a song that you could imagine being a hit in the 90s for, like, a year. And it's such an anomaly 
as a one hit. Like it's a minute yeah. and a half. It barely has any lyrics. So of course it's going to be sure, the only mean, hit. You have to imagine the like the in universe real song yeah. was longer than a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I, I just I want to live in the world where you, this drive yeah. shaft single is in fact the weirdest one hit wonder of all right. time. Right. They're like, it's that actually was like a to be an interlude, mate. Right, I know. It's, it's like even this song. is like a comedy song. <laughs> it's like you know how sometimes, like on an album, they'll like have a hidden track at the very end that's like a little joke song. Yeah, like the Pixies have a song like that, and yeah, that's what happened with Sugar Ray. Fly. For sure, Fly. Yeah. yeah, Fly was at the end of this like fucking hardcore thrash metal album they put out, and they were like, "Oh, people like that better." Okay, we'll just do that. Right. Right. <laughs> and who can blame him? I'm going to be honest. Kate was being kind of an asshole when Sawyer showed up to tell her about Jack being trapped. They send Sawyer to go do the job because Charlie, I think it is, shows up and tells Sawyer. And Sawyer says he'll go right. find Kate and Saeed in the jungle and tell right. them about Jack. But then he gets there and Kate just gives him all the attitude in the world. Yeah. He's being an asshole, too. Well, he's like, always being an asshole, though. That's true. That is true. But, like, he could have maybe mentioned the cave thing first. <laughs> you know? Like, that would have been my first bit of information to convey. Hey, your friend is dying, maybe. He's and he said get- he's like, yeah, well, now that Jack's not around. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. That's so aggro. No, 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 no. That happens later. There's that first scene where he comes up and tries to tell her, and she's like, what do you want, you dirty fucking criminal? Or something like that. And he's like, whoa, okay, nothing. Yeah. I don't want anything. And that's when he was going to tell her. And then he casually says, well, when Jack was around. And then she's like, wait, what? What do you mean? Yeah. I mean, like, look, that's a total dick way to to convey that information by referring (laughs) to someone who she had thought was fine in the past tense. That's That's true. That is true. That's very aggressive. So they're kind of going back and forth with Charlie's flashback here. And Charlie also kind of nominating himself to be the one to rescue Jack. Because Charlie's whole thing is he's feeling kind of useless. And that's what his flashbacks speak to also. Because there's a lot of him, you know, kind of wanting to be separated from his brother. But also it's like, well, what do you do without your brother? Your brother's the star of this band. No one's going right. to book Drive Shaft without your brother. And right. so Charlie and wants it, to have some value. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, the, the flashbacks are conveying. I think it's a really, I don't know how realistic it is as a depiction of someone coming to heroin abuse. But I think it makes sense within the dynamic of their relationship. I was going to say his decision to start doing heroin is a weird one. Yeah, they don't ramp up his drug use. That was kind of that's kind of what you expect from a story like this. Yeah, to be like, yeah, he's like doing drugs, he's like snorting coke and like doing all the other stuff, and then heroin comes on. But no, he dives directly into heroin. Yeah, <laughs> seemingly just because his brother's doing it, just full bore. And it's like it. you know, Charlie. If your brother jumped off a cliff, would you do it? And he's like, "Well, I need my bandmate, <laughs> don't I?" So now, cut back to the island. Charlie is able to dig his way into Jack, right? To where Jack is. He's a little hobbit guy, so yeah, he's, he's able to squeeze in. Yeah, he's got fucking Brit pop hips. He can get through that yeah. tiny <laughs> little hole. <laughs> 
Oh, I've never heard. That's funny. I that yeah, that was an, that was an on the fly creation. Love it. Love that. And he gets he does he gets through that little hole and he says, "I'm here to rescue you," which is of course yeah. a Star Wars reference. It's yes, what Luke lots says to of Leia. those on this show. Yeah, Kate abandons Saeed and his efforts to save everyone else. <laughs> once she finds out Jack is buried. Like, I mean, classic Kate. It really is a weird choice, because what Saeed's doing is pretty important. It is. I mean, like, and then she it's just, also kind of a fool's errand. She just bolts and leaves yeah. Sawyer to be the one. Whew. Who does it? He does it. He, he can be yeah. trusted, as it turns out. Because, yeah, they have to. They're using fireworks to coordinate. Saeed yeah. is going to turn his thing on. And set off his bottle rocket, which then the next person in the chain is supposed to turn theirs on, set theirs off. Then the third <laughs> person sets theirs off. And that's how they all know that they did their job. Right. And it seems like it's going to work because yeah. Saeed starts to uh, get a <clears throat> signal. And then Saeed gets hit in the head. Yes. This was a great scene. Just, yeah. Really good. I remember this like really blowing me away when I first watched this show. I was like, Oh God, what just happened? That was yeah. great. Uh, I love, yeah. Him getting hit in the head. And then like, then there's the mystery of who did that and all yeah. that stuff that gets played up. I love that. And yeah, I love the flashback with Charlie trying to convince Liam to tour with drive uh, shaft again. And like so all of sad. a sudden Liam has these glasses on and like a smoking jacket He's he just, looks like he's just such a family an man, asshole. and it's like that is like definitely not the Oasis story right there. No, <laughs> no, no. That's where it departs into fantasy. Yeah. I don't think Liam Gallagher ever. Moved Liam to Gallagher would have Australia. been doing lines of coke off of naked yeah. breasts when Noel showed up to try and get him to tour again. Right. No, and I. It's a nice reversal. But also, like, for one thing, it makes you feel so shitty for Charlie. Like, you, this episode really does kind of put you in his camp. Like, he's his story is so sad. Like, he got hooked on heroin for his shitty brother. And then his shitty brother's like, well, okay, sorry, take care of yourself. I'm going to get sober and then go, <laughs> fuck, like, marry somebody. I guess I'm not going to help you. Bye. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's, a, it's, it's so huge- shitty. It's a huge bummer. You, you feel really yeah. bad for Charlie. And Poor Charlie. Yeah, we didn't really mention the moth thing. This episode is called The Moth. Right. And that's a yes, reference yeah. to Charlie. Right. But it's because Locke gives him this whole monologue yes. about how moths are actually cooler than butterflies and how <laughs> yeah. the struggle that it takes for them to get out of their cocoon makes them stronger. And how right. he could, he's standing by a cocoon, and he says, I could cut this open and make the hole bigger so the moth could just get out now. And he goes, but then the moth would die, because the moth right. needs to build up its strength breaking out of the cocoon first. Right. You get it, Charlie? And then he shakes <laughs> it by the cop. That part doesn't happen. <laughs> and yeah, and like, and it's a really nice metaphor, and then of course, and like, that metaphor ends with the lovely shot of Charlie seeing the moth in the cave. Yeah. And that leading them to rescue. Yes. Which that scene was neat. I like. I love that. Like everything about like the hand coming up out of the ground. Like. Yeah. Some Dawn of the Dead shit. And. Yeah. Just 
them walking up to the scene of everyone trying to save them. It's all really, right, yes. really well done. Yeah. And I like the scene in the cave of Charlie kind of venting his feelings of uselessness on Jack and Jack being like, you're not useless. You're just a guy, man. It's okay. And, and like Jack obviously notices that he's going through withdrawal. and He's very empathetic. It's one of the best early Jack scenes. Yeah. Because he really is. He's very sweet and caring with Charlie. Charlie brings out good things in most people. He's such a nice guy, even when he's a shithead. Yeah. It's easy to forget how big of a deal it was that Dominic Monaghan was on this show yeah. in the first place. Because he was, was crazy. Like, he was coming the Lord off- of the Rings movies <laughs> were happening. Yeah. He was in the thick of it. Yeah. In like, that- he had just finished filming those movies, like, a year or so before he got hired on this show. And, yeah. like, I think... I can't remember what year Two Towers comes out. I think it's 2004. So, like, he's in just the total thick of it. Yeah. Good for him. was the Two Towers. Wow. So the Lord of the Rings had just ended. Yeah. Because then Return of the King came out the next year. So he was a minor character, a secondary character in the Lord of the Rings. But still, like, that's a big deal for him to be on a show like this. And so, yeah, we already... Kind of mentioned the Saeed scene. It seems like his scheme is going to work. And then all of a sudden, he just gets clocked in the head with a piece of wood from behind. Right. But this episode ends with Charlie asking Locke for his drugs for a third time. Yes. Locke keeps his promise, gives them back to him. He looks so disappointed. Charlie chucks him in the fire. Yeah. And now everybody's addicted to heroin because it's in the air. (laughs) Everyone had a really funny. good sleep that night. Oh, uh, God. Have you ever done heroin? Maybe that's too deep for the show. <laughs> I have not done heroin. It's like I've, the one that I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't done heroin, but I have smoked opium several times, mm. which is about as close as you can get without a needle. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you. It's pretty great. <laughs> I get the appeal. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I've only ever heard good things, but it's like, I mean, opium, is especially like if you put it, I you, I mix it with weed. That's sh- it just makes super weed. It's just the, the weedest weed that you've ever smoked. Yeah. It's so heavy. So Charlie chucks his drugs in the fire. He sees yes. a moth. Yeah. Lost. Lost. Never gets old. Then nope. Boom. Just works pop. every time. And you know it's coming. You know, you can, you, yeah. it's that momentary pause. Like when Ken Jennings is about to say daily double, like he's got a really oh, big yeah. tell where he pauses and it's like, here it comes. Same thing. <laughs> like, you know, the lost thing is coming, but it's still fun every time. It, it rules. So now and it always, they always manage to find a good moment like that will then land the, the boom. Yeah. The most. And so now, Confidence Man. Yeah. The next episode, S1. Sawyer, baby. E8. Sawyer backstory. (sighs) It alarmed me at first the way this episode opens because they're being very casual about unless I like got up to piss or something. But it seems like it just opens with Kate the next morning being like, hey, how's everything going? And it's like, is no one asking about like how Saeed's experiment went? 
Saeed's kind of on edge in this episode. <laughs> like, that's the biggest sign that, that like, things went wrong. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of testy. Like, it kind of <laughs> comes through later on. But no, I think, and look, again, spoilers, possible spoilers. I can't, it's been a minute since I watched this show, but I'm pretty sure it's either hinted at or totally revealed that it was Locke who did it. Because he want, he and it makes sense because he's the one who the most wants to stay on the island. Yeah, I think you get the sense that Locke did it on this episode, but I don't remember them yeah. like explicitly revealing it. He it's seems not like revealed the most in this episode. Obvious suspect for sure. Yeah, it's it's not revealed in this episode, but it might be revealed down the line. But it, I've always kind of imagined that it was Locke. Sawyer, he's a crazy person. Like I love him, but like he's a fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he's he's nuts. Yeah, this is the beginning of Sawyer's backstory. He's yes. got maybe the weirdest backstory of everyone. His is so strange. I mean, it definitely gets straight. Locke takes the cake. No, yeah. no one beats Locke for fucked up backstory. But Sawyer is very strange, and especially this is an interesting story for it to be his first flashback. Yeah. But I think the main idea is just like, uh, you know, kind of putting yourself in the mindset of watching it for the first time. We didn't know that he was a con man. So I guess that's like the whole reveal is like the whole the flashback is kind a lot of these early flashbacks are leading up to a single big character reveal. And this one especially it seems like the big thing is just like, he was a con man. Yeah, one of the first scenes, he's in bed with some floozy. He's right. <laughs> late for a meeting, and it's pretty obvious he's scamming her. He he goes to leave, and that thing happens where he's got, uh-oh, suitcase full of money. And it right. opens up, and she sees all this money. And there's this back and forth, and he's like, it's this investment opportunity, and... The money's going to yeah. be tripled in like yeah. three weeks. And then she's like, I know where you can get that money. My right. husband. And it's like, Her oh, husband. hell such yeah. Such a con man game. Such, such a con man. And then back to the island, though, Sawyer catches Boone going through all his shit and just right. beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Which I appreciate. I mean, look, Boone deserves it. Almost always. He should yeah. have asked. Like, I know Sawyer's, like, a kind of a touchy asshole, but, like... Yeah. You don't want to just surprise that guy with going through his shit. Yeah, you definitely want to ask. So Boone comes hobbling into the cave, all beat up by Sawyer, and he tells Saeed and Jack that Sawyer did it. They look at each other knowingly. Lost. Right, because they're talking about... They're basically, like, Saeed and Jack are talking about him getting attacked. Basically. Yes. So I think Saeed's whole motivation in this whole episode is he thinks maybe Sawyer, you know, fucked him over. Yeah. And I feel like their reasoning for that is shaky because their argument is, well, who's benefiting from being on this island? Oh, it's the guy who's selling everyone's possessions. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's not like he's setting himself up for life with this situation he's in. He would probably love to not be on this island. Have you talked Yeah. Have you talked to the guy who can walk again now that he's on the island? Well, okay, but to be fair, <laughs> they don't no know. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows that. I don't even remember when that gets revealed. 
Yeah, well, a couple episodes ago. Well, not to. I mean, it gets no. I mean, to, to us, the but... to other people. Yeah. other than no. Other I'm than joking. Locke. I'm joking. Well, I mean, of course, he told Walt in the pilot. That was because he told him a secret. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that's what it is. So Shannon, remember her? Yes, it's Boone's yeah, barely Boone's sister lover. She has been a real non-entity in the last few episodes. Which is one of the things that makes those episodes so good. Because when she shows up again, <laughs> it's just like, oh, she's, man. She's unfortunate. She has, she luckily has a richer character arc than Boone. Which yeah. I think watching it the first time, I would never have guessed no, that to be the no. case. I would never have guessed that I would like Shannon by the time her last episode comes. Yeah, she's certainly not that likable by the time this episode rolls around. She and Boone suck ass. And she comes whining her way into frame because, oh no, she's got asthma. She has asthma. She needs inhalers. And everyone thinks Sawyer has the inhalers. I mean, and look. He is being unfairly persecuted in some ways, but also he's been stockpiling all the shit and he's like a total asshole. It makes sense that he would have the inhalers. And he's also reading Watership Down, which is important to the series as a whole. If you read the book, it kind of deals with a lot of the same themes that are dealt with in this episode and on this show. But also Boone and Shannon claim that book was in their luggage. Right, right. And that that's why Sawyer would have the inhalers. His argument later is that the book just washed ashore. And it's like, that book does not look like it has been in the yeah. ocean proper. Yeah. That, that, I mean, maybe that, that's kind of a, a hand wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, it seems like it would be a lot more fucked up, but it is, I, I do like this starts the trend of, or maybe not starts, but continues the trend of, Sawyer reading and Sawyer's books being thematically and just generally metaphorically appropriate to what is happening on the island. Because yeah. I've re- I've read several of the books that he reads on the show, either because I had already read them before watching the show, or in the case of something like The Third Policeman, which comes up later in the series, like, because I saw it on here, I'm like, oh, that looks good. Yeah. So Jack and Kate both confront Sawyer, trying to get him to give up the inhalers. Sawyer... Yeah, separately, right? Yeah. Yeah, Sawyer really ratchets up the creepiness when Kate asks, because he says he'll do it if she gives him a kiss. Right. And instead, Kate argues her way into reading Sawyer's evil villain backstory letter. <laughs> His letter that he... we I think we saw him reading it. And crying about it either earlier in this episode, and I think in another episode. Yeah, there's an earlier episode where we see him reading a letter. And we don't really know what it's about. Kind of looking sad. And the way it comes off when Kate reads it is that it's a letter some kid wrote to Sawyer. Right. Because Sawyer ruined their family by running this scam and taking all their money. And then mom killed herself. Right. Or was it dad? You had sex with my mama and my daddy, and you stole my daddy's money, and then he shot her. That's basically the letter. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to find you, and I'm going to make you pay. 
And it seems like this is a letter that someone wrote Sawyer, and he's very emo about it. But, spoiler, it is a letter Sawyer wrote to the man who did this to his family. And I'm bringing that up so early, even though it's kind of a twist at the end. I still think that's a very confusing backstory. That this happened to Sawyer, so he was like, I'm going to take that guy's name and do the same thing to other (laughs) innocent families. Well, but that's the thing, like, this is the thing that the flashbacks kind of show is as soon as it's revealed that this lady that he's conning has a kid, he backs out. And it seems like, and that's his, like, that's his line. He's a confidence man with a heart of gold. Right, exactly. I mean, like, look, it's a cliche, but that's his, (laughs) that's who he is. And like, I, it's kind of, again, this is the whole thing with this show is a lot of these plot points are either weird as fuck or very broad. And then the rest of the show, as these characters get more and more flashbacks, they become these very richly defined people. Yeah. Like Sawyer's backstory is weird. Absolutely. But then like you watch it and you're like, I guess it does kind of make sense that he would like become a con man in order to track down a con man. Like, I, I mean, like, it tracks. It's weird. Where did he send the letter? Did he send it? Obviously not, because he's still he reading it. No. Is there an address on it? He, the idea is that he was going to give it to Sawyer <laughs> when he found him. I get it, but also imagine you're an adult and another adult man <laughs> approaches <laughs> you and is like, hey, bub, I wrote you a letter. <laughs> and you open it and it's just scrawled in pencil. You had sex <laughs> with my mommy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but also it's also very much like it's a real like noiry kind of thing where it's like I have one emotion. It's this letter and I'm going to carry it with me until I find the man who gave me this emotion and I'm going to kill him. Like it's just that's just all it is, you know? Yeah. And, you know, minor spoilers. He does find Sawyer on the <laughs> island. He does. He does. Speaking of Sawyer. When Saeed comes asking about Locke's whereabouts when he got hit in the head, because it seems like Saeed thinks that maybe Locke might be the one who hit him. Right. Locke suggests that maybe Sawyer is the one who hit Saeed. And Saeed points out, well, Sawyer needed to be the one setting off the fireworks, and it went off. So Sawyer was where he said he was going to be. And Locke says... Well, anyone who watches television knows how to rig a slow fuse. And I'm going right. to just jump in here and say that's actually not true. I watch plenty of television <laughs> and I have no idea how to rig a slow fuse. But Saeed's just like, yeah, I suppose. And fucking heads off to confront <laughs> yeah, Sawyer. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, like, but then he explains the cigarette thing. And and also, like, we have been seeing several shots of uh, Sawyer pointedly having a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Like, so I think that's like the idea, but also like apparently in the original script, it was supposed to be like Locke said anyone with basic military training would know how to set a slow fuse, which also doesn't really make sense. I don't, I don't think know if so, that's yeah. true either. <laughs> I don't think like, what's the part of basic training where they're like, if you need to set a slow fuse. Yeah. Here, that's like, that seems like Looney Tunes shit. Like, is there a damsel tied to train tracks? Like, <laughs> what else? But I will say, 
it does seem like the kind of survivalist bullshit that Locke would know how to do. Yes, yes. So it makes sense that he would know, but it's kind of, you know, again, I really think he's the one, it's, they're trying to point that he's the one who did it, because it's like, well, how would anyone else other than John Locke know how to fucking (laughs) put a cigarette to make a slow fuse? So, Saeed seems to buy this argument, and he and Jack go off to confront Sawyer, which overall is a scene I kind of hate, but the torture scene? Yeah. But it opens with one of my favorite television moments of all time. Very underrated television moment, which is when Sawyer says some wiseacre comment to Jack and goes to take a drink from this water bottle. And Jack just punches the shit out of him while he's drinking from that water bottle. Yeah. And just water yeah. explodes everywhere. Uh, so good. Rules. But then, yeah. yeah, they drag him into the jungle and torture him. They, like, literally... Right torture him and i you know i like i i will say i like this as a part of saeed's story more than i think it's an effective piece of storytelling because i don't think i just generally don't think torture is ever a great means of storytelling (laughs) like right it's kind of one note uh but i like it as a rock bottom moment for saeed that kind yeah. of sends him off on his journey where he's like, I swore that I would never do this again. And here I am doing this. And I like, I mean, I love, we haven't gotten the site net. That's the next episode is, a, is the first Saeed flashbacks. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, first of all, Naveen Andrews is one of the sexiest men who's ever lived. He's uh, so good he's on this so, show. Oh, he's, he's great. so good on the show. And Saeed is such a good character. Yeah. Yeah, he really it's it's a real emotional roller coaster for him. And it's a very yeah. political moment for this show because I think is. already by this point we were talking about all the torture we were doing yeah. in yeah. the Middle East. And this is Saeed who probably if not was on the direct receiving end of some of that, at least knows people who were. And now yeah. here he is doing the same thing to save Shannon's annoying ass cuz she's got asthma. <laughs> And it's such a it's such a gnarly torture too. Like I like I don't know. Like it, I don't. It's not obviously not my favorite scene, but there's so many little bits of it that I like. Like him like sharpening the bamboo yeah. while he's talking to Sawyer and that sort of thing. It's just I mean we should say like the torture is he shoves bamboo sprouts up his fingernails it's so gnarly no like i don't know how sawyer recovers from this yeah (laughs) yeah that's bad like how do you recover from getting your fingernails? how do you restore the trust among the group after sure yeah people also sawyer i mean i think it has to be like sawyer kind of has to understand that he kind of brought this on himself yeah that's part of his reckoning also is like he has been such an aggressive and selfish asshole for fucking six, seven episodes so far. And this is finally someone being like, well, okay, then we're going to not put up with your bullshit anymore. And we're going, if you're going to keep playing with us, then we're going to, you know, put the screws to you quite literally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he finally relents, but he says the only person he'll tell is Kate. Yes. And so that sets up a really great scene because 
it sounds iconic like, scene. It sounds unsavory that Sawyer is like, all right, kiss me and I'll tell you yeah. where these inhalers are. And Kate does it. But then when you see that kiss, it, it did not seem like a reluctant move on Kate's part. She I was. Mean, well, but, oh, because early in the episode, we didn't talk about this. Early, like at the very beginning of the episode, sorry, I'm very stoked about this because Josh Holloway is also <laughs> extremely hot. But like he's in the ocean and Kate comes up and is talking to him and he comes out of the ocean and he kind of does the Casino Royale thing. Yeah. He, like comes out. But instead of having a skimpy little bikini on like James Bond does, he's in the nude. And so he's having this really sexy conversation with Kate while he's like naked. Yeah. And so, you know, like. She knows that he's hot as fuck. Like, I'm, you know, even though he's gross, like, you know, there's sparks there. It's the same thing with Jack. Jack is kind of an aggro asshole, but he's hot. So, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, it's it's a good TV moment. Yes. Especially the part where after they finally kiss, Sawyer goes, I don't have the inhalers. Right. Oh, so good. Nice little twist <laughs> there. It's great. Oh, I love it. So then Saeed stabs him in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an asshole. Like, look. And look, again, Sawyer's kind of pushing them to this point. Like, he won't stop being a dick even while he's being tortured. Well, not just that. He won't stop being a dick while Jack is trying to save his life. Because right. <laughs> Saeed hit an artery when he stabbed Sawyer yes, in the arm. Yeah. Jack literally has his hand inside the wound holding the artery shut. And Sawyer goes, Jack, if the roles were reversed, I'd watch you die. It's yeah. Like, Damn. Jack really is a doctor. Because at that point, I'd yeah. have been like, all right, fuck you. Put my, you put right. your hand in there if you want to save this asshole. Exactly. It's a good scene. Ugh. It is. It, it, I mean, like, the torture stuff sucks, but, like, it does get a couple of really good moments out of it. Yeah. And it makes the flashback to Sawyer backing out of the con all that more yes. effective because which i love we kind of skipped there's not a lot else to say about sawyer's flashback in this episode honestly yeah uh because none of the other characters that he interacts with have anything to do with right. the story yeah none so. of them come back and it he just no. runs the same con like he runs it's the con, con that he was describing he's just getting money right. he's sleeping with another man's wife and tricking right. her into giving him her husband's money <laughs> yeah. to invest. And like and his next fla- I'm pretty sure his next flashback is the long con which is where that's where you really get into some meaty Sawyer flashback stuff. Yeah. But I do like him backing out. Like it's so Josh Holloway is so good at that stricken face yes. where he like sees something that kind of knocks the bravado out of him. Yeah, well that's And the that's thing. what happens when the kid comes out. The reason he's so great as Sawyer, Josh Holloway has, like, resting con man face. Like, the way he just cuts his eyes, it looks like he's always thinking about doing something. And then whenever he looks different, it's like, wow, so there's really something going on with this guy. He doesn't look like he wants to steal my wallet. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's the thing that I, like, Sawyer's arc, it's one of my favorite, like, things on the show because the place that he ends up at is so lovely yeah and he becomes such a hard on his sleeve character and i just i love that like he josh holloway is so good on the show 
And yeah. we don't really get this is where he really starts to stretch his legs a little bit. Yeah. I know what you're gonna ask, Olivia, mm. and the answer is yes, of course you can buy a drive shaft ring on Etsy. Oh, of course. Of Anywhere course. from twenty to about seventy-five dollars they come in. Sure. You can get if you're not a ring person, you can get a drive shaft pendant to wear around a necklace. I Speaking of rabbit holes, I went down a real one looking at lost merch on Etsy. There's some Ugh. cool shit. There's I can't a, even imagine. There's an Oceanic Airlines hoodie I wouldn't mind of course. having. Cause that's a, there's got to be all that. Yeah, there's there's a bitchin' Dharma Initiative sweatshirt. that Spoilers, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Don't Google Whoops. that, everybody. So Look, Guys, this show's been off the air for... 12 years or whatever. Yeah, you you had your chance. There is something the... I mentioned that Finding Lost book, the unofficial guide. Mm-hmm. It brings up something really interesting about this episode. And this is also one of those things that it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, it's just a fucking TV show and calm down. But yeah. apparently the timeline gets fucked up in this episode. And it never huh. really gets corrected the way they explain it is that by the end of the season the castaways are supposed to have been on the island for over 40 days but that if you follow the timeline closely they're actually adding days that don't exist and in the moth kate tells jack they've been on the island for eight days then she and saeed go out into the jungle he gets hit in the head and the next episode which is this one opens with him having Return to the cave, meaning it should be day right. nine. But when Charlie and Hurley are out walking in the jungle later that same day, Charlie says they've been on the island for two weeks. And that right. is incorrect, but apparently the timeline continues from Charlie saying that. And here's the thing. I don't care. Like, Yeah, I don't care about that at all. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things that... Like, I can see people having obsessed over it when this show was on the air. Oh, yeah. But... That strikes me as probably like an accident more than anything. Or like, we don't know. Yeah, I'm sure they just forgot about someone saying that it was eight days, like, and they just went by the two weeks. But And, you know, maybe there's like seven days in there somewhere, like in this episode, like between these last two. Well, it's the the 24 principle, too, where people were like, how come you never see Jack Bauer eating or going to the bathroom? And it's like, it's a TV show. When do you ever? Yeah. How many how many scenes of people shitting did you see on the office? Because I guarantee people were shitting right. all the time in that office, and it was not a central yeah. plot point of the show. I mean, it's the danger of making a show like Twenty Four, like in real time. Like that is a thing that's going to come up more if your whole show is based around time. And Lost is similarly kind of all based around time. Yeah. In that it's all, you know, we're wondering what is happening when, on the island, off the island, all that stuff. But also, like, at a certain point, you just kind of have to go with what the show says, like, and not worry too much about it otherwise. Yeah. The only other thing is, like, Kate finding the letter, like, Kate, like, revealing that it was actually Baby yeah. Sawyer who little, wrote that letter. Little Baby Sawyer. Little baby, baby Sawyer. Little Baby Sawyer writing that letter. Who we see. We see him right... Uh, sorry. I keep going <laughs> off on shit that happens later, but it's kind of fun. Like, I, it's just funny to think that 
fucking years and years after this scene was shot, they then shoot a scene where Baby Sawyer gets, like, writes the letter. Like, someone gives him the pin. Like, it's a whole thing. (laughs) Someone gives him the pin to write the letter. Like, it's so funny. (laughs) So, I think that's our episode, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? It's our show. So, on the next episode, we'll be covering the episodes Solitary and All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. What a great name. Yes. It's a good title, but I will say it's kind of annoying that they're already doing another Jack flashback. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was, he's, the, he's the big star. He is, especially in the first season, he is, te- like, if you would call anyone the main character, he is the main character. Yeah. So that's what we'll be covering next. Until then, do we have anything to plug? Before we get out of here, listen to Conspiracy the Show if you're not. If you're not, that's weird. That's it. Uh, yeah. Do that. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. It's Todd with one D. Yeah. That Todd with two Ds, don't don't follow him. Bad times. Don't follow that guy. But Rabbit hole you don't want yeah, to Yeah, and I mean, I guess you can follow me on Twitter and whatever on at Hi There, Hi Dar, if you want to see retweets of this show <laughs> yeah it's really the, just the premier way to find out what podcasts i've been on this week that's the exactly main purpose exactly. for following me on twitter all right and let's get out of here olivia say goodbye bye goodbye everybody we love you <laughs>